This is the Play Sleep Grow podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and secrets to infant and child sleep and communication development and growth. Welcome back to the Play Sleep Grow podcast. My name is Ashley Thompson, and I am your host, and I am so glad you're back. Today, we are going to talk about safe sleep. Now, listen, I know you've probably heard about safe sleep before, probably multiple times. I also know that sometimes resources don't always list all the guidelines, and that will be the case here too because my resource that I pull my information from is the AAP, American Academy of Pediatrics, website, which may or may not be totally up to date. So this is what I propose. First, listen to the episode like it's a game of bingo. Every time I mention a safe sleep guideline that you already know, backward and forward, inside and out, you get a point. If you know all or most of the guidelines by the end of this episode, then bingo, you win bragging rights or you get to go get a cup of coffee or something. Then make sure you check with your child's pediatrician for the most up-to-date guidelines. Remember, I'm not a medical sleep professional I know the importance of staying in my lane. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's start by setting up your baby's sleep environment in a way that best protects them while they sleep. This is step one, because that's why there's a safe, there are safe sleep guidelines to protect your baby from SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, SUID, sudden unexplained infant death, and other sleep-related deaths. SIDS, or sudden infant death syndrome, is the term used when a baby dies suddenly without a known cause. What's interesting is that while we don't know specifically what causes it, we have found ways to protect against it, at least some of the time, enough to see a significant decrease in cases, which is good. SUID, or Sudden Unexpected Infant Death, is a broader term. The AAP defines it as, quote, it is a term used to describe any sudden and unexpected death, whether explained or unexplained, including sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, and ill-defined deaths occurring during infancy, end quote. And there are other sleep-related deaths, such as suffocation and strangulation, that we want to be extremely careful to protect against too. Now, before we move on, as you've already noticed, there are a lot of scary words in here, like strangulation and suffocation, and there will be a lot of don'ts and no's in here as well etc. I feel like this is always such a hard topic to talk about and even think about because it's scary and it can feel overwhelming. And sometimes it makes us moms feel like we're being lectured. So while it may sound like that because of the way that I word things, I want to make sure I tell you straight out, you are doing your best and you will continue to do your best. Your baby trusts you. 
If you're feeling worried, take a picture of your baby's sleep environment and show it to the pediatrician. Get their opinion. If you're feeling judged, I assure you that is not my intention. My only hope is to offer support and potentially help parents protect their babies. Okay, let's move on to the AAP recommendations, specifically around sleep. Remember, these are not exhaustive. I have 12 in the following list. One, back to sleep. Always put your baby to sleep flat on his or her back for every sleep. Don't use any propping devices or methods unless they are cleared by your child's pediatrician. I struggled with keeping faith in this in the early months of our youngest, for our youngest, because she began choking and we didn't know what it was. We didn't know if it was on reflux or spit, but it was just, it was random. And, but it was true choking, meaning there was no air in and no air out. And we had to clear it with one of those little bulbs. I remember being on high alert constantly and never leaving my baby's side. I'll be honest, it it was rough. I never propped her while she slept, but if this is happening with your kiddo, make sure to check with a pediatrician to see what they want you to do. That is always your best bet. Number two, babies should sleep on a firm sleep surface with a tightly fitting sheet and no loose bedding. This means that if you're able, use a baby crib or a bassinet and make sure you're using the mattress and the sheet that was made for that specific baby bed or one that is firm and fits perfectly. When your baby is an infant, there shouldn't be any pillows, no cushions, no loose blankets, no lobbies, no bumpers, no mattress toppers, no monitors, etc. No monitors in the bed ever, really. Keep those far out of reach. Number three, keep hazards away from the baby's bed. For example, make sure there are no cords or outlets, even if they're covered, no blinds or blind cords, no curtains, etc., near the baby's bed. Those can especially pose a strangulation or an electrical shock risk based on what it is. Number four, the AAP reports a reduced incidence, so fewer cases of SIDS in babies that are breastfed, especially who are exclusively breastfed. Now, hear me when I say, if that's not an option for you, please, please don't feel guilty. You are doing the best you can. You and your husband or your parenting partner just need to make choices like this based on what you believe is best for your child and your family. Number five is room sharing without bed sharing for the first six to 12 months. Have your baby's bed in the same room as yours. If you need to hang a sheet to partition off their side so they can't see you once they become a little older and more aware, that's fine as long as they can't reach the partition, obviously, because of course that would be dangerous if they could. If you 
choose to feed your baby in your bed, make sure to put them back in their bassinet or crib before you doze off. When our youngest was still sleeping in a bassinet and feeding constantly throughout the night when she was super little, what I ended up doing with her was pushing her bassinet up to the side of our bed while I fed her, and then I'd transfer her to her bassinet and push it carefully away from my bed after I popped her in it so I didn't accidentally shove my blanket on top of her while I slept. I couldn't just sleep with her in my arms with a bassinet pushed against the bed because she could suffocate, and it made the, but it did make the transfer to the bassinet easier. The AAP lists a few situations in which bed sharing is particularly unsafe, including when a baby is under four months, premature, or low birth weight, when bed sharing with anyone other than the parents, bed sharing with a smoker, bed sharing with someone who's been drinking or using drugs, and bed sharing on a soft surface or with loose blankets or bedding. Number six is be very cautious when holding an infant while on a couch or armchair while you're tired. I will be very transparent here. I was laying down on the couch once feeding our youngest and I started to doze off and I jerked awake as she was starting to fall off the couch. It scared the crap out of me and rightly so and I didn't make that mistake again. So hear me and, you know, just don't make the same mistake I did. Number seven is safety-wise. The AAP recommends separate beds for twins and other multiples. Now check this out with your doctor. I know some parents of multiples want their multiples to bed share in the very beginning with one another. So check that with your pediatrician first. Number eight, the AAP suggests a reduced incidence, so remember reduced cases, of SIDS with babies who are offered a pacifier at nap and at bedtimes. Quote, even if the pacifier falls out of the infant's mouth, end quote. Number nine, the AAP suggests avoiding smoking, alcohol, and illicit drug use during pregnancy and after birth. Number 10, be careful of overheating and head coverings. Hats, while sleeping, are often unnecessary and can become a loose object on your baby's, in your baby's bed. So ask the doctor if they want you to use one while the baby's sleeping. And if they want, and if you want to keep your baby cozy, try using a swaddle up until they start to roll, and then stop immediately once they're rolling, and then you can use a sleep sack with their arms free after that. Some companies actually make pretty large sleep sacks. Be careful with the temperature of the room, and um, the AAP says, quote, infants should be dressed appropriately for the environment with no greater than one layer more than an adult would wear to be comfortable in that environment, end quote. Number 11, the AAP states that, quote, recent evidence suggests that vaccination may have protective, a protective effect against SIDS, end quote. 
So they recommend keeping your baby up to date on their vaccinations. And finally, number 12, don't use commercial devices that don't support safe sleep. So these are 12 of the AAP's safe sleep guidelines. But remember, this list is not exhaustive. Follow up by going to https colon forward slash forward slash pediatrics.aappublications.org forward slash content forward slash 138 forward slash 5 forward slash E2016293 or healthychildren.org and asking your child's pediatrician for the most up-to-date recommendations and research and guidelines. Did you do it? Did you get a bingo? I bet you did. Your baby is proud to have such a safe, sleep-savvy mama. And they know, just as I do, that you will do everything in your power to protect them while they sleep. You are an exceptional mom. Subscribe now, and I'll see you next time. Sleep well and sweet dreams. Just an ending note. Please remember that this is a podcast for personal use. It is absolutely not medical advice and should not be considered or used as such. I am not a medical sleep professional. And though I am a pediatric sleep consultant and speech-language pathologist, the information I present on this podcast is general information that I have gathered through my own education, research, and experience, and not specific to you or your child. Before implementing any ideas or suggestions I may provide, please clear it with your or your child's doctor first.